Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Mike Adelic. Hey, I'm Mike Francatelli. What's going on? Thanks for being here. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Thanks for joining. Thanks for listening. Million thanks to all that you do uh, in showing your support and love for this show. And uh, my apologies for not releasing a podcast last week. I released two the week before. I just needed a little break last week, but we are back and we're back with an awesome episode. And you know, like an awesome episode because I got to actually spend time with somebody in their space. And um, I love just doing podcasts in person. It's just so much better than than over Skype or Zencaster or whatever I'm using. And it's just, a yeah. So you'll probably, hopefully you'll be able to tell the difference of like the in-person versus the remote. So I want to start doing that more and more, more in-person podcasts and more live events. Uh, so that's going to be a thing happening. I am going to be releasing something called Mycadelic Mind Jam Flow Sessions uh, and, or maybe just Mind Jams. I think Jason Silva stole my flow sessions name or something where we're just maybe thinking along the same lines but the mind jam is a collaborative conversation about much like the solo podcasts i do but i want to start getting people involved and to just kind of flow and get in a state of of the emergent conversation as my good friend jesse provided that phrase for me so thank you if you're listening i appreciate that because that is what i am interested in is what can be born out of a uh, unhinged, uh, free-flowing conversation about big ideas and big topics that we can just jam on, that we can riff on, that we can improv with, that we could play jazz of the mind with, you know? So uh, stay tuned for that. But first, this podcast with Eleanor Hoper is amazing. She's wonderful. She's one of these people that is just uh, exuding light and love and good energy and uh positivity you just kind of feel better when you're in her space and her presence and and uh that's a good thing for a marriage and, and family therapy counselor and someone who provides uh psychedis, psychedelic assisted psychotherapy and uh uh you know that's that's the kind of thing that you want and she's got it so uh she's great to talk to she uh, works with individuals, groups, couples. She provides psychedelic integration, pre and post harm reduction. She's trained in yoga therapy, um, diet and nutrition and uh, holistic approaches, somatic therapy. She's really got a comprehensive method that she put together. And we're going to hear all about it in this podcast because she's going to break it down way better than I can. So it was wonderful. We got to hang out in her van and chat, and uh, it was uh, it was super cool. So um, yeah, without further ado, we'll 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 get into that conversation. I guess uh, I guess there will be a further ado. Is there? I don't know. How do you? Let me let me ado just a little bit more. <laughs> so uh, yeah, uh, thank you for uh, everything. Like I said, the little kind of like business end of the sh- of the podcast here is if you like the show, share it, tell people about it. Um, subscribe and um you know just uh, you know what to do when you like something just tell people about it and and share it and uh, if you want to go a step further you can leave a five-star rating and review on apple Podcasts. we have a ton coming in and i really appreciate it and some of the messages on there are fantastic so thank you to everyone who does that and if you want to go a step further you can go to patreon.com slash Mike Brank. You can donate, become a patron, get all kinds of rewards and benefits, join the Mikeadelic Inner Sanctum chat group, 
people all around the world, connecting, finding the others, sharing, and finding a safe space to communicate about psychedelics, consciousness, and all the good things that we're interested in. And that's patreon.com slash Mike Brank, or you can go to my website, mikebrank.com, B-R-A-N-C, and, uh, and, um, and there's like a, also a PayPal one-time donation if you, want, if you don't want to get involved in the whole monthly Patreon thing. Uh, but whatever, yeah, thanks. Whatever you do is awesome. So thank you very much. Uh, we have Hemp Bombs as a sponsor. So if you're interested in CBD, CBD-related products, they have good CBD gummies, hemp-derived gummies, tinctures, all kinds of stuff. They even have stuff for pets, for dogs. They have like a freeze cream that's good for pain. Um, so yeah, check that out. Put in the code Mike15. You get 15% off hempbombs.com. Links are in the description, show notes. And uh, shout out to uh, Brew Doctor Kombucha, who sent me a bunch of stuff. And uh, we're trying to maybe get something going there. But I love their kombucha. It's amazing. And so check out Brew Doctor because Brew Doctor is awesome. And uh, thank you, Brew Doctor, for sending me uh, what you did. And, and I, I, love their, I love their kombucha. It's great. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. I, uh, I have a, a lot more to say, but maybe I'll save it for a solo podcast. I think that uh, this, is, this is a good, a good sized intro. So now we'll get to the part where I said before, without further ado, and then there was a further ado. Now there's no more ado, and we'll just get right into the podcast. So here it is. Eleanor Hoper, everybody. Psychedelics are illegal, not because a loving government is concerned that you may jump out of a third-story window. Psychedelics are illegal because they dissolve opinion structures and culturally laid down models of behavior and information processing. They open to us the possibility that everything we know is wrong. We don't need new laws that control our consciousness and rigidly place it in a prison. Cognitive liberty. The fact that as adults, if we're not hurting anybody else, we should have the right to explore the contours of our own consciousness without any mediation or legislation on the part of somebody else. Reject authority. Authority is a lie. Information is power. But we have to seize, seize the opportunity. The opportunity. The opportunity. to get into the flow of a natural conversation yeah you know have you done podcasts before this is my first one this is your first podcast first podcast ever all right let's do a left-handed high five for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is it all right if i vape in here it's not cannabis yes that is fine with me okay but i wish it was cannabis i, I wish i wasn't addicted to nicotine yeah that's a thing yeah sorry about that well i'm working on it so nice. i used to smoke cigarettes which is terrible. Yes. And then I quit for like four years. And then I started again. And then when this came out, uh, actually, funny enough, when I went to Peru, mm. I was smoking mapachos all the time. Mapachos? What are those? Oh, uh, mapachos are, um, so it's a different kind of tobacco. It's called Nicotina Rustica. And it's okay. actually got 47% nicotine, like a very high percentage of nicotine. Mm -hmm. And it's used ceremonially um, in ayahuasca ceremonies Not like a hape like a hape or? yeah oh yeah. okay yeah yeah well, i'm quite familiar hape yeah in the in a context of like 
healing modalities. Yeah. Yes. But Hoppe actually just did some Hoppe this morning. Me too. Oh, great. In my yeah. meditation. Yeah, me too. Mm. I meditated and then, and I did it after. Um, but uh, but yeah, and and so so the mapachos are used for clearing and grounding and you know the tobacco plant is considered to be like one of the most sacred master plants yes um and i i definitely connected with that a lot like nice. I, I really connected with it i saw it as this kind of like grandfatherly energy yes um so yeah i really understand that and i i used to smoke tobacco as well mm. in undergrad and i was so embarrassed by it my gosh i would hide it and I would only smoke by myself and I would limit myself to one cigarette a day. Mm. And it would be the last thing that I did at night. Yeah. Kind of like uh, Kevin Spacey in uh, house of cards. He's like, yes. <laughs> have you ever seen it? I have seen it. Like cards. going around wheeling and dealing. And at the end of the day, him and his wife come home and smoke one cigarette. Yes. Out the window. Yeah. Out the mm. window. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I decided that I knew it was, bad for me obviously I had this cough and I was completely obsessed with waiting until everybody went to bed so they didn't know <laughs> it was this horrible thing really and I noticed I checked in with myself and was, why do I really like this what is this really offering me and what I discovered was it provided a chance for me to be outside for me to be by myself and for me to feel into my body which are three of my most top important avenues of my life. And so I said, so, and at the same time when I would be smoking, it would give me an insane amount of nervousness and heart beating fast and sweaty palms and jittery mind and actually wasn't calming for me at all. And I thought, why am I asking for this? Why am I wanting to call this uncomfortable feeling into me? Do I, am I addicted to the anxious feeling that it's giving me? And I heard that, yes, that was what I was addicted to. Oh, wow. And I said, I don't want to live my life like this anymore. So you found you, quit. that's a, that's amazing hmm. you're sharing that. Hmm. So you checked in with that and you found that you're addicted to the nervous feeling. Yeah. Was your life pretty calm and chill and steady and you needed like a little bit of nervous yeah. angst to, yeah. uh, uh-huh. interesting. Yeah. Isn't that so interesting? Why do yes. we do that? Why do we do that? Why do we like to like fuck things up or <laughs> self-sabotage a little right. bit or, I know. you know, do things that were like, you know, eat like 25 tacos and be like, oh my God, why did I do that? <laughs> Everyone does it. Everyone has their thing. Their thing, for yeah. sure. Yeah, it was fascinating. I think that it was a habit for so long, um, really, really off and on for a couple of years, not not super long, but enough to where it was an, enough of a habit. And I know that I have an addictive tendency. Um, I was addicted to my yoga practice, for example. Like you have your taco example, and I have my yoga practice. <laughs> I never ate 25 tacos, but one <laughs> yeah. day I might. I might. You never know. Uh, but I, yeah, I think, I think there are parts of us that become attached to feeling certain ways or to sensations that are in our bodies that we think are grounding, but actually aren't. Yeah. 
And th- this this is so you, you were in college. You were in undergrad. I was in undergrad. Yeah. Yeah, and and I think I smoked, and then I stopped for a while, and then I was living in a mountain town called Jackson Hole. Oh yeah, Wyoming. Yeah. Wyoming, yeah. And I was skiing and working with kids with disabilities, and also was like, this is a weird combo, like smoking weed and working with young people. I don't like this very much. So s- didn't really smoke very much then. And then in grad school, I smoked a little bit too. Um, but officially... C- cigarettes or... Cigarettes. Yeah, okay. Yes, we're ta- I'm talking about cigarettes okay, though, this yeah. whole time. And then I stopped completely, gosh, I guess two Thanksgivings ago. Oh, great. Okay. Yeah. Hey, another high five for that. <laughs> Cool. Yeah, I, I, uh, I've quit so many times and then uh, like I've, I found this Mark Twain quote, but who knows, a lot of quotes are attributed to him. It was mm-hmm. like, uh, quitting smoking has, is the easiest thing I've ever done. I've done it 200 times. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But I think back to your point of the tobacco. Yeah. And to the, back, to the tobacco plant. Mm-hmm. And I am a plant medicine ambassador mm. that really feels like my deepest truest calling yeah me too in my life oh i love that for you too i mean right it's like why of course <laughs> i would be dedicated to the plants of course i would be connecting with nature which is why you know i have this van to to connect me in um, which we'll explain later but i i use now hape to ground, which is a really fine tobacco that has a couple, it's a Native American practice. It's been around for thousands of years. And there's a little self-administering tool called a karipi. And I fill the tobacco on one side and I hold it to my heart to ask for healing in my heart space and to my throat for the words that I speak, may they be kind and true. And to my words, may they be authentic and impeccable with what I am sharing, speaking real truth. And then my third eye, my seat of intuition, and then into my above my head for my crown chakra, which is really connecting to spirit and asking for, for myself to be cleansed and cleared because I believe that fully as my in my work as a therapist, it is my duty to sit with myself so that I may be receptive to what what comes from another so that I can hold them in that space and then they can therefore hold themselves yeah it's amazing yeah thanks for doing that work Mm. thank you know for and a lot of times we often have all these ideas of like things that we want to do and things that we want to offer and then maybe sometimes forget a little bit about like, oh, I have to do myself. So yeah, it's super important that you're doing that. And yeah, this van is amazing. Mm -hmm. This is the coolest van. Sorry, Chris, Ryan, if you're listening, this is the coolest van I've ever been in, man. (laughs) I know you're working on yours right now, but this is, this is awesome. This is Black Beauty. This is Black Beauty. It's got beautiful carpet rugs and furry rugs and pillows and... Yeah my, yeah, my dad's Native American rugs, and we have a little plant and a table, and it's very modular, so that's the whole idea. It can We can take everything out of it, and it's completely empty, and then we can put everything back in, and it is an office. It is a travel vehicle. It's everything, excuse me, under the sun, and it's decorated in old 
fence posts that have been reclaimed and all sent down uh, so that they're a planer. That's the word. Mm-hmm. And so... Yeah, it's like all wood everywhere. It's all wood. Yeah, it's it's basically a mobile cabin. Oh, it's so cool, yeah. We have a wood floor and... Uh, it's it, I'm completely obsessed. Right. And so you brought up that you're a therapist, yes. right? Okay. And then we're in your van and this is your mobile therapy squad or yeah. your squadron car or yeah, something. Yeah, you know? my office. Yeah, yeah your office. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, we met, I guess, through a mutual friend and, and then, mm-hmm. um, you know, kind of kept in contact. And yeah, so t- like, tell me you work with a particular method. Yes. I, I don't, I'm not going to say it right. I'm going to try. Um, let me try and say yeah, it right. G- it, it might try. not. I could edit it out. Okay, great. Mac, macaranda? Close. Mac- macaranda. Macaranda. Okay. Macaranda. The macaranda method. Yes, that is it. So, yeah, tell me a little bit, like, where, where did you go to school? Like, how did you get into this? How did you start developing this practice and putting everything together? Yeah, absolutely. So, my undergrad was at the University of Denver. My... Moved away for a couple of years. First year of grad school was in San Francisco at the California Institute of Integral Studies. And it was a really challenging experience for me moving from a mountain town to San Francisco. And I had a really hard time making friends (laughs) and a really hard time building community there. So it wasn't quite a fit. I'm also not, not that much of a city person. I'm much more of a mountain person. And that was so, so, so clear to me. And so... I decided to transfer to Regis University, which is a Jesuit school in Colorado, in Denver. And I was a little bit apprehensive about going to a Jesuit school because I specifically went to CIAS, which is an integral school, right? Very non-typical, so to speak. And they were the first program just ever study psychedelics. And I thought that was really fascinating, but I didn't really know very much about that world. But I ended up going to Regis and they said, you can turn this into whatever you want. So my idea was to have a nature-based practice with yoga and mindfulness as a means of psychotherapy. So I finished my degree a couple of years ago and I guess a year and a half ago or so. And I started a private practice right away. I knew I wanted to do nature work, and I did not want to have an indoor office at all. I was completely opposed to it. My mom's like, oh, just, you know, my parents and all these people in my life, just go work at a hospital or go work in a clinic or just take a normal mental health job after school. And I just thought, no. <laughs> yeah, n- normal. Yeah. Which seems kind of not normal to me to you right like I don't want to be in that setting I want to be out I want to be in nature I want to be with the elements and the people and right nature is already so healing in and of itself yeah why would we take us from our house box to our car box to our office box to our gym box (laughs) right Uh. to the therapy box to the house box it's like we, we're already in these routines of being indoors. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we're looking hundreds of years ago, we used to spend 80% of our time outside. Yeah. Now, 2019, we're spending 80% of our time inside, mm, yeah. if not more. We're completely disconnected from the rhythms of the earth. 
We're not paying attention to the plants that are able to serve us and are able to heal us and are able to bring us out of these deep states of depression and anxiety because we're so disconnected from our bodies that we're not able to really see the bigger picture. So I decided to create my own practice yeah. called the Makaranda method. And Makaranda means nectar in Sanskrit. So the, the nectar method, right? The, the holistic approach to therapy by looking at mindset. So stories that we tell, very narrative therapy based, the over and over and over things that we say, like when, every time you get out of bed and you're like, oh, I'm so old or, oh, my back hurts. Every time we say that, every time we say things like, I'm so bad with names. Right. Yeah. It's like this negative reinforcement. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, these and these like habits, these loops that we get in, like to your point, you brought up the the house box, the car box, the work box, right. the gym, everything, and then that it's like this crazy feedback loop of like it informs out the way that we think in our minds and how we feel and our bodies, and then that manifests in our world space, and it's just like never ending ping ponging back and forth, and we wonder why we're so fucked up. <laughs> yeah, and why we're stuck, and why we feel like we can't actually make a shift. Right. Because these neural pathways are so ingrained. They're so deep. It's like we've been driving the same dirt road for however old we are. For me, 29. been driving this yeah. road for 29 years. And I, at this point, I don't even have to steer. Yeah. Yeah. It's And so that must be that's a common thing right i mean that since you're bringing this up that's when you when you're working with people i mean yeah. this is this is the thing right this like is this the, is the first the number kind of one thing the first door to open yes it's it's the pill the first pillar of the makaranda method is okay. mindset yeah the mindset that we're in right yeah what comes after that after mindset is movement and movement is really connected to somatics and somatic means with the body mm -hmm. so it's not only what are we thinking, but are we moving forward always? Or do we have some lateral motion? Or do we have some yoga poses that would break up some stiff energy? Or do we go on a walk around the park or on a trailhead and get some of this energy stagnant that's just get it flowing again? Right, yeah. And so much of the work that I do is actually with couples I love couples so much. So how do you move together? How do you move separately? How do you, what's your relationship with movement? Do you move your body? Mm, <laughs> do you, interesting. Yeah. So when you say, how do you move together? Uh, I mean, what, like r rather than being physically intimate and mm -hmm. sexual, what, what other kinds of movement, like joint recreation, mm. sports, like what? Yeah. Great question. So definitely sex is the first question. Yeah. Always need to address that conversation and intimacy. Yeah. Because what happens when we're with our partner is that we become syncopated with one another, specifically around our hearts. So we have heart syncopation and we can actually tune into what the other's nervous system is doing. Mm. And we have the ability actually to send calm signals or to send reactive signals by the way that we are in relation. We're not isolated beings, and so it's important that we recognize how to become more in sync with our partner physically and emotionally and with, with 
connecting on, on the somatically with the body. Okay, cool. Yeah. So the, that, that movement that's, that speaks to that, that yes. kind of energetic movement. Yes. Mm. And also, yeah. What, how are you, are you going on hikes together? Do you ski together? Do you go, do you play video games together? Do you know, whatever it is, that's your thing. What is that type of movement together? Does it feel like sandpaper or does it feel like the ocean? Right. Okay. Tide. Yeah. And everybody has their different things. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's about how you're moving together in that space. If you want to be. Yeah. And then how to move separately as well. Mm. Yeah. Does that, do you see that? Is that a, a, a thing that happens or something that occurs with, with couples like where they can kind of get stuck in each other's loops or patterns? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Most, most often. Yeah. Maybe they're not moving separately uh, enough and they need more of that, or maybe they're not moving together enough. Right. Yeah. Right. And tuning into what it is they really want, what it is that's going to be helpful and fueling for the relationship and to learn what's mine and what's not mine. Mm. And that can be a really, just that alone can be really helpful for couples to distinguish. And that could be really hard too, because there's, there's, you know, I, I know a lot of like certain people in my life and, and, um, a friend of mine actually recently was talking to me about like, you know, he's having, he has trouble saying no. You know, and mm-hmm. as to a to a close friend of his that they've known each other for a long time, um, so not a couple, but a relation, strong relationship, and mm-hmm. it's so it's like this balance of like, well, I want to be compassionate, I want to show my my love, my care, and empathy with this person, but also like I need to kind of set up some some boundaries, right? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> boundaries are really important, and they take some time to figure out and then take some intentional conversation. Yeah. Intentional conversation. Like what you shared with me before the podcast, Earlier, before we started yes. recording. Yeah. With your wonderful partner, John. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> yeah, that these, it, it's, it's super important to set that space. Yeah. So, so, yeah. so what Mike is referring to is this relationship check-in that my partner, John Medina wrote when we had been dating for, two months I think it had been or no two weeks two weeks a really short amount of time and he came to me and he said okay look I I went I've made a lot of great relationships and I've had a lot of really challenging relationships in my home and in my family and in my lovers and in my friends and these are the things that worked and these are the things that didn't work and these are all the areas that I'd really love for us to be able to talk openly about so we can just clear it so that nothing gets too big and then we are suddenly not on the same page anymore and confused about what we missed. So important. Big shout out to John Medina for being the man for doing (laughs) that because because that's that's something that a lot of people I think overlook. I mean, I've done it. I've overlooked that, you know, and it's like yeah. you just you get into a relationship and you just you're just going and you're going and you're going and you're going and maybe a little things build here, you see something and you're like, oh, "I'll just put that in the back or maybe not." But it's so, that's that's super important. Why why wouldn't we? We do it everywhere, right? right? We do it with business. You you know, you have an interview, you come in, they tell you how the company works, there's board meetings, there's all these kinds of things. So why not do it in relationships, right? Right. Oh, I love that. That's so beautiful. I mean, it's been so powerful. I've done now tons of different workshops on the relationship check-in. And if you go to my website, there's a 
a link. What's the website? It's www.themacarandamethod.com. And Macaranda is M-A-K-A-R-A-N-D-A method. Thank you. Yeah. And oh my gosh. So you can buy it on my website and it's so incredibly helpful. John and I do it once a month. We do it on our anniversary. It's the 21st. And so we always do our check-in and it's with something that we really look forward to. It's something where we're able to just clear things that come up. And sometimes it's a really intense check-in and sometimes it's a really easy check-in and it's so valuable to get feedback right then and there about things that are going on when you're kind of prepared for it. You're like, okay, some things might come up and I'm ready. I'm, I know that you know, I'm, I can take some deep breaths. We set the whole stage. We tell you how to do it, how to sit, how to be. And then and then you can make your own questions. They don't have to be ours. We have 22 questions and we've tweaked them over the over the years. And now I think we have it pretty dialed as to what feels really good for us. But we welcome you to to take this check in as an outline and then to to make it your own. Yeah, awesome. Super super important. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm just like thrilled about that. It's just Thank such you. a cool cool thing. What is it about? I want to get to more to the, of kind of the, the pillars. This, yeah, to more of the pillars, but first I have a question about what is it for you about, you know, you mentioned that you like working with couples. You prefer working with couples rather than individuals or groups. What is it about couples that really I don't know, mm. that that grabs you? So I, I really love working with groups too, and that's really where my work is going. I also like working with individuals, but I like couples the most because first, I love love. I love love too. <laughs> it's the best. And I think I think love loves me and love loves you, right? Yes. Yeah, that's good. Love loves everybody. <laughs> We're all love. Yeah. And and when I can support people to finding their deeper connection in love, whether or not that means being together, whether that means breaking up or moving separate ways or whatever it is, it's my favorite aspect. And, and the, cu- the couple dynamics are so powerful, right? It's, they're not, and I, I almost, if you're coming to me and you want to just work on yourself. I think that's great. But oftentimes if your partner is not in some sort of support role as well, where they're also in therapy, I think one, the person who's not in therapy can kind of get left behind. Hmm. Do you think you said therapy? So Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm taking that you mean therapy Mm -hmm. (laughs) because in in my particular situation, uh, I've I've been in therapy. You know, uh, I've my partner wasn't necessarily in therapy, but doing other practices. Sure. Is that does that qualify, that, that or is there some? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think it's not it's not necessarily about the therapy it's about what are you doing to improve who you are and where you're going and refining what it is the bigger picture of your life looks like and wants to look like okay. if one person's doing that and the other one isn't regardless of whether or not they're seek, seeking individual or couples therapy that's beside, maybe one person is going and spending time 
in silent meditation retreats or maybe somebody's taking going on an ayahuasca journey and the other person isn't quite ready for that but they want to start doing just some normal talk therapy or they want to really start understanding what meditation is like so they really start making sitting with themselves a priority whatever it is Mm -hmm. yeah the the broader scope of therapy inner work you know being with yourself so it can for that distinction no no problem that's why i was curious because you yeah so that's great that's great to know because it's like we all have things that we connect with in different ways yes yeah so for me like i was i was going to ketamine therapy and I was like, wow, this is great. I didn't, yes. I was curious about it. And for whatever reason, I just connected with it. Yes. Some people don't. Totally. Yeah. So there's other things. That's good to know. Yeah. So there's finding what works for you. And it doesn't, it doesn't, ha- you don't have to be journeying together in therapy, but as long as you have your modality that you're practicing right. again, right. coming together and then you have the check-ins. Great. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So shall I go to the pillar? Go to the, the next pillar. pillar. Venture to the pillar. Venture to the next pillar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the, the third pillar is nutrition. So that's another thing that really allows for us to access the nectar of life. What are we putting in our bodies that gives us energy or takes energy away? Are we eating 25 tacos or are we, <laughs> I mean, here we go. <laughs> I, I, I kind of, I haven't eaten anything today yet. And now I'm like, I'm going to have 25 tacos for dinner <laughs> just for you. <laughs> just to make, just to seal this podcast in it, in authenticity. In its entirety. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. And so I have all of my clients do a program with two women based in Boulder called the conscious cleanse and the conscious cleanse is incredible. Joe and Jules are the women who run that program and I'm an ambassador for them. And I usually just give my clients a book, the conscious cleanse book, and it goes through, it's a 14 day cleanse and essentially super simply it's no gluten, no dairy, no processed sugar, no alcohol, no nightshades, no caffeine, no drugs of any sort. No nightshades. What's what's the deal no with nightshades? nightshades? Yeah, so they're actually really difficult for the body to digest. Oh wow! Wait, and beets, beets, oh. uh, lots of root vegetables. Oh wow! Tomatoes. Oh, they're very okay. acidic. Oh. And the idea is to try and work our body so that we become more. So we're either acidic or we're alkaline, and we're trying to find a balance in between the two and taking away these inflammatory foods and these difficult to digest foods allows for our system to actually rest so that then it functions better. I almost talk, and they talk about this in the book, the conscious cleanse book as well, that this, it's almost like a reset, like you would take your car in for an oil change it's the same exact thing for our guts and for our second brain, which lives in our stomachs. Yeah. Second brain. What's the deal with that? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. The second brain, we have so much activity happening in our guts. So there's, there's a really interesting book called the good gut Mm -hmm. and it essentially breaks down all of the different neurons and facets and fatty acids and 
all of these different microbiomes that are living in our guts that actually give us signals as to what's going on. So when we talk about listening to your body using somatics, it's so much about listening to that that gut instinct. You know, when people say, I don't know, I just, I, my gut told me. Yeah. It's yeah. that. It's that deep brain that right. lives in our stomach that we feed literally with food, but also with our thoughts, with our energy, with how we surround ourselves, what we put in our bodies, what we watch, yeah. the people we interact with, the language that we use. I mean, it's it's all held and stored in our guts, which is so important for us to really start to fine tune so that we can be, our body's not in an inflamed state, so we can be quiet enough to listen to mm. what our second brain or our gut is really saying. Yeah, to, to hear the message. Yes. Like I, I remember um, this book, Lost Connections by Johan Hari. It's a fantastic mm. book about depression. And, and, um, and he talks about the, the feelings that we're getting. There are these, they're, they're, it's not that there's something wrong with us. It's that there's a message that's being communicated yeah. that's saying, hey, you're depressed right now or you're feeling anxious right now or this is going on for you right now because of whatever's happening and whatever you're consuming in your environment. It's, it's, we're saying, hey, pay attention, pay yeah, attention. Hello. Yeah, Listen to me. I'm your body and I know everything that there is to know. Just quiet yourself. The body's so smart. Like the, these micro uh, communi mm. communities and communities functioning, uh, you know, in, in, a, in a harmony and a balance. I mean, nature, right? I mean, yes. this is this is nature. This is how nature functions. Um, but and we try and override are, it. You and know? our bodies yeah. are made to heal. Right. Yeah. They, they are healing machines. And, yeah. And when we tell them that they're broken over and over and over again, that will become the truth. Mm. But when we say I'm healthy and I'm strong and, and really believe it, not just saying it to say it, but really being like, okay, what do I want to say? What do I want to put out there as what I'm calling in? Mm -hmm. That feels authentic. Yeah. And so, for example, I, I was in a, a ceremony using psilocybin mushrooms and I had this deep connection with my body all of a sudden and I was, cur I was cur huddled in a ball and I was holding my knees into my chest and all of a sudden my left knee, the one that has been talking to me since I was in high school, said to me, hey there, I have something to say to you. And I said, yes, knee? <laughs> and it said, stop telling me that I'm a bad knee. Oh, wow. The more you call me bad, the worse I'm going to get. And I thought... I'm so sorry. I said this. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I, I didn't mean to. You're right. You are a good knee. You're, you're not a bad knee. You're just talking to me. You're just in conversation with me about what's not feeling good. And the more that I can incorporate using my body as giving me messages and tools and sharing with me what's going on and building a relationship with it, it's completely revolutionized the way that I live in the world. Amazing, yeah. And th this is this is I have uh, my left knee too. I have a left knee. Uh, I ha I have a left knee. You That's have a left it. knee. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I have. 
yeah, I've gotten messages from my left knee. I, I heard it uh, wrestling in high school, um, mm-hmm. and um, and football didn't help either. But yeah, when you were saying that, it almost remind it reminded me of just like um, parenting mm-hmm. and children. You know, you're a bad kid, right? You know, and 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 what is that kid gonna do? How does he internal? Like he's gonna internalize that I'm a bad kid. I'm bad. Yes. You know. Um, you know, I got, I got that growing up, you know, it was like, what do we do with this kid? He's bad. He's bad. He's bad. He's not good. Mm-hmm. And so this same thing with your body. Yes. It's like this, there's the, the, every element is a living being with its own consciousness and its own form and its own version mm-hmm. of love receiving and love giving. Yes. That's so beautiful. Yeah. And it's interesting. I I led a workshop with my cousin Garrett Hooper, who's an epic therapist. Highly recommend it for especially young young men. Um, that he works really impeccably with with that population. And we did a workshop on attachment theory, and that was one of the biggest take homes that we gave to people. It's not it's not saying you're a bad kid because that's talking about someone's personhood. Like you're a bad person, right? Versus saying, and it's not, we're not saying don't have rules. We're not saying don't have boundaries. We're saying say something that's more productive or helpful by saying, I don't appreciate when you throw your Cheerios across the table. That is not okay behavior. Right, yeah. Right. So it's it's not you are bad. What you did, that behavior was not allowed here. Right. Right. So being really clear, I love you. And don't throw your Cheerios across the room because I have to clean them up. And that's a really big pain for me. Mm, And I'm in a rush right now or whatever. Right. Right. Yeah. Do you hear the difference? Different. Yeah. Completely different. Right. Completely different. Yep. And it's just a, it's a tweak. It's a tweak, and yeah. it's just around language, right? Which is everything. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. It's the these like vibrations that create f- form in other people's experience. You know, yes. it's like the way that we talk, the tone, the presentation, the whole mm-hmm. thing can can have a, a major impact or um, a positive, negative impact. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Wow. And the last pillar of all. The fourth pillar. The fourth pillar is nature. Mm. <laughs> As we sit in the van and look at nature outside, it just seems so obvious that we would use nature as the foundation for this work that we talked about briefly. But like I said, we're so disconnected in this country with the cycles, the rhythms. Yeah, we throw on a jacket and run out to the car now that it's turning winter, but how long are we really outside feeling what it feels like to be cold? Yeah. Right? Yeah. I call this, specifically when the weather's not ideal, it's called acute stress training, where we put ourselves, me and my clients, in moderately uncomfortable positions so that when we're in an uncomfortable position in our life, we're better able to handle it because in therapy, when we were outside and it was snowing, 
we were able to breathe and calm ourselves and allow for our nervous systems to find at ease, find itself at ease in a situation that didn't have any stakes, so to speak. Right. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, because we've become so insulated and and we live in this world of like immediate gratification and yes, comfort. Exactly. Comfort of all levels, all shapes and sizes. And com- comfort's great, right? I mean, I'm I'm pretty comfortable right now, but this is this is not the comfort that I'm referring to is like this unhealthy level of comfort where we never expose ourselves to anything a little nasty, a little dirty, a little mm-hmm. no, I don't want to feel that. That's painful. But it does prepare us for for those uncomfortable situations that I don't know. We probably face almost maybe daily. Maybe that's yeah. just an uncomfortable thought or an uncomfortable yeah. moment or an exchange, right? Absolutely. And I, whenever I would get in trouble when I was young, my parents would send me outside because that's where I found grounding. Literally, I would lay on the grass, mm. or I would run. I would swing on the jungle gym love swings. They're my favorite. Or I'd go play in the stream in our backyard and catch crayfish. And I was always, always, always outside jumping on the trampoline, getting energy out and moving and loved nature. My dad is a nature person. He knows more plants and animals and birds than I've ever known even existed. That's amazing. It's amazing. And so he's really given me so much of that knowledge and I have a bird book and binoculars in the van. And so we spend some time and really slow down. We don't do a lot of talking. It's much more connecting with nature to bring us into our senses, which is the way that we connect with the present here and now. Yeah. Slow down. Mm-hmm. I think that could be applied to almost everything that we need to be doing, right? Yes. You know, I, I went for a beautiful hike the other day in El Dorado Canyon. And uh, yeah, it was it was just, um, had a little tea. So it was a, a little hikro dose, <laughs> uh, if you will. A little mycadelic hikro dose. Love it. And, uh, and it was great. It was fun. But I, I remember just like really just keying in on, on different things. Yes. Uh, just a little bee that like landed on the tree and I was like watching that. And then as he flew off and like watching the needles like flow and that's, mm-hmm. a, and it's like that's healing in and of itself is just like paying yes. attention and slowing down. How do you slow down in a world that seems to be speeding up? I sit in silent meditation for at least 30 minutes every day. That's, a must for me and I got that (laughs) I got that homework from a teacher that I have who said she asked me one time how do you be (laughs) I was like what (laughs) (laughs) what are you talking about (laughs) she's like when you're not doing something how do you just be and how do you always how what are you, when you're doing something do you find that you're really doing that thing or are you off somewhere else mm. and i said well usually i'm thinking about something or i'm multitasking or and she was like okay i have a request if we're going to work together i ask that you sit for an hour of meditation every single day in silence And I ask that you do what you're doing while you're doing it. So when you're driving, 
drive. Just drive. Feel your hands on the steering wheel. Don't play any music. Look at all that there is to see while you're driving. There's so much going on on the road. Do that. And that's how you will learn how to be. I was like, an hour of meditation? <laughs> Are you freaking kidding me? Were you meditating at this point? No. Oh, no, from zero to an hour. I okay. meditated. Wow. I mean, I'd been a yoga practitioner forever, but that's not the same thing. Right, right. Yeah, I had never really sat. And that was almost a year ago. What happened the first time you, you sat? Oh my gosh, the first time I sat, I was sitting in front of a fire. It got really hot. And it was, this is actually only one of the only times this has ever happened to me, but I felt like I was floating. I really did. I felt, and it hasn't happened since. So you you tapped into it pretty quickly then. You were able to get into the space and get going. I mean, it was uncomfortable in a lot of ways too. Like my legs started cramping and my legs started getting really tingly and they started falling asleep. And I was like, what the hell am I even doing right now? <laughs> but stay, just keep breathing. Just it's, it'll pass. It'll move through. And I did. And I dedicate, I mean, I really sat for an hour. I sat for an hour every day for oh, probably three and a half months or so. And then I bumped it down to 30 minutes and pretty much the lowest I'll do is 20 minutes. I say, and I say this to my clients too, it's a requirement to to when we, you enter into doing the Makaranda method that you sit for at least 20 minutes a day because they say that our brains have about 60,000 thoughts a day, which is crazy. Yeah, that's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. And about 80% of those are repeating thoughts. Mm. So when we sit for at least 20 minutes, it allows for us to go through an entire thought cycle So we notice we have a thought and then we let it go. And then another thought comes in, we catch it and then we let it go. And it, it, to me, the other important thing about meditation is that it's not about having a clear mind. I wasn't clear. I didn't not have any thoughts that first time I was meditating. I had a ton of thoughts. The thing is just to be, to call yourself back like you would a little puppy, like, come on back thoughts, come here, come find your breath and then let it go. And so it's just this really kind calling back to it's this really kind calling back so that you are connecting in with the self, which is the most important aspect. It's not about having a clear mind, which people get really confused about. Yeah, I think it's a common misconception. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's like you're, I don't know, maybe I don't know if this is a good analogy, like being like a hockey goalie or something like thoughts coming in. You're like, boop. Oh, I like like that. Yeah. Like something. Yeah. Yeah. I just finished this great book by uh, Pema Chodron. Um, She's great. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it's a good reminder because I had fallen off my meditation practice and Mm -hmm. I just did today. I did. uh, Sorry to say I only did 10 minutes, but yeah, I'm getting I'm getting back into it. Uh, It's super, super important. So that's 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 fantastic. Um, Mm. What uh what's going on with you right now? What's what's on what's currently in your uh in your space? We we t- we talked about the method. Yeah. We got that. We got yeah. your practice. We're in this lovely beautiful van mm-hmm. and you shared so much. 
What's mm-hmm. anything on the horizon or anything that you're currently yes. thinking about? Yes, I'm. I've recently started doing. It's been a little while now, actually, doing monthly integration groups for psychedelics at a place called Archipelago Clubs. Oh, great! In yeah. Denver, and that's really helpful. You know, I think with this psychedelic renaissance that we're in the midst of at this point, it's important that we offer affordable, safe places for people to come share about their experiences. So I hold this once a month. They're they're thinking maybe every other month might work better. And so I'm looking to perhaps find another space to hold this because I the need is immense. People go and have never had a psychedelic experience in their life and they have an ayahuasca experience connecting with the grandmother energy, the most powerful psychedelic arguably of all, and their hearts are completely blasted open and they've connected with their ancestors for the first time and they feel connected to the earth in a way that they never knew was possible and they saw some really scary things and they also saw some really beautiful things and integration is the difference between people feeling that they had a trip to hell or a trip that serves them yeah explain that so it's really important for us not only to have these experiences, but then to be able to talk about them openly in a supportive community of people who are able to say, I don't have to give you advice. I don't have to tell you what to do. I can just be here and listen to you and share my experience about me. Mm. I don't have to tell you anything. And in fact, even if I do, you're probably not going to listen because people don't really take advice anyway. Right. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) You know, but just having a container to say, I had this really wild experience where I went up to this dark figure and he looked really scary and I didn't know what it was, but I used some light that I had and I was able to shine the light on this figure and I realized he had his arms wrapped around the world and he was carrying the world suffering and that was a part of what was living in me Mm. and even just being able to verbalize that and speak to that allows for oh wow that where does that live in me Mm. what is that can I learn more about what that is or will can I cultivate a relationship with that dark part of me so that I can get to know it better I mean all kinds of different things like that versus just I saw saw this scary shadow figure and I don't not really sure exactly what that was. You yeah. Know, like, oh, that was crazy. Fuck that. Yeah. Exa- <laughs> I'm never going to do that again or right. I definitely have to do that again. I have no idea what that was. Right. You know, and so having a community to talk about that is one of the most valuable things that I feel I can offer as a therapist. Yeah, putting it into words, like we were talking about before, giving it language and a voice and like putting it out there. And a lot of the times in my experience, what you find is that maybe maybe people are like a little like, oh, I don't know if I should talk about this or if I want to go, if I want to share, if I want right. to open up. I'm weird. I'm crazy. Things right. happen. But then you find out a lot of similarities. Yes. Mostly all the time. It, there's, I've never been in a situation where someone's had an experience and it's just like, well, that's fucked up. That's yeah. your something's wrong with you. Right. It's like, yeah, this is we're all human beings here, right. and and we're all the same. 
and we're, and we're going through the same kinds of things. And with ayahuasca, a lot of times people go, well, yeah, I heard it's good. Maybe it can help, you know, depression or something like that. And I'll give it a shot. But then once you, uh, get dealt into that game, Mm -hmm. you're connecting with unfathomable, uh, unfathomable things, ancestors like you brought up and and everything. So it's like, now you have this, this whole, I like to like, uh, talk about it. Like it's like a closet, like our, you know, our minds or whatever our human experiences is like this closet in our house where we just kind of put junk in. It's just like, put it in there, just put it in there. And then, uh, sometimes, you know, people that have profound ayahuasca experience, it's like, you just open that closet door and everything just falls out and you're like, all right, well now I got to pick up, pick it up and yeah, clean it, clean it up, sort through it. Yeah. See what's in there Yeah, and integrate it. Yeah. So that it's not just another clusterfuck that you, then you just shove back into the closet again. Yeah. 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 It's really important. And, and that's where my true desire longs. I want to work with people who, want to progress themselves on an evolutionarily conscious level where we say, what else is there? How can I continue to show up for myself by showing up for the planet, by showing up for my community and by showing up for the plants and honoring them as teachers. So, because we don't have to do this on our own. Right. And nature is the fundamental aspect of how we can do this in community and I will also be starting a retreat at um, my sister's partner's land just 45 minutes south of here in uh, in sort of southwest of Castle Rock. And we will be doing some nature work out there and some silent nature hikes and some earth circle work and really just tapping into what else is possible for community and spirit and earth and soul work that needs to be done at this point in time. Yeah, definitely needs to be done. So thank you for, for doing that and mm-hmm. stepping forward into that. What, what do you, I guess a lot of times, you know, and with integration too, I mean, there's a lot of personal things that come up and we try and we integrate them, but what about in, in the context of like, I mean, maybe we're in a job that we don't like or, you know, things like that. It's like that, I think getting back to this place of wholeness that we all want to be. It's like we all want to be in a place of wholeness, Mm -hmm. abundance, and like infinite, unconditional love, right? And that comes with all the things that we're talking about today, you know, which is like bringing it back, slowing it down, creating the space, communication, dialogue, all these kinds of things. How do we, I mean, this is just like a thought experiment. It's just like, how do we like fit that into, into our world that seems to be contrary to that? I know, you know, in my mind, it's like getting creative and coming up with things, you know, so. Drawing and writing and moving and creating new recipes and engaging this wholeness that you talk about is so important. So looking at these elements of wholeness that really I find people get connected to by doing the Macaronda method. Mm -hmm. What's your mindset? What are the things that you're listening to? What are the TV shows that you're watching? Really getting... What are the TV shows that you're watching? 
I don't actually watch any TV shows. All right, nice. Yeah, I I'm, I really I'm, don't. It's kind of crazy. Good, I, good for you. Is it? No, it's good. I I'm telling you because I'm. Yeah, I'm like I keep saying I'm gonna cancel my Netflix, and I and I don't, but I don't even really watch it so much. Nice, but yeah. I just yeah, I deleted my uh, social media apps off my phone because I checked myself the other day. I'm scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. I'm like, and I caught myself. I'm like, uh-huh. what am I doing? Yeah, what are you doing? Like, if I was observing myself from above, I would just look like an like a lunatic, just sitting there like uh, uh, uh over and over again. Like this, I have this habit that I've had every now and then where it'll be like, I'll wake up in the morning and the first thing I do, check email, Instagram, and I know that's not good. Mm-hmm. And I haven't, and but it's crept back in. And so I got eliminate it, you know, get it out of there. Good for you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think another really practical thing to do is just creating a routine. Have a routine that works for you because if your routine is wake up, look at your phone, look at your email, blah, 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 and you're still in bed. There's not even a waking up process. So, for example, John and I leave our phones on the other side of the room. We wake up. We have to go across the room. I leave my phone there. I go in, I brush my teeth, and I sit down for 30 minutes. Period. I have this little, I'll grab my phone and turn on Insight Timer, which is the app that I use. Highly recommend it. And it's perfect. I mean... I sit, I'm clear, then I wake up, I make lemon water with a pinch of Himalayan salt, and then I get right to work. And it's a you know 45-minute morning routine, so to speak, with teeth brushing and getting dressed and all that. But it allows for me to really have a clear intention and start to my day. And then I can move however, I'm going to get to the emails, you know, it's going to be a priority. Right. It they're just, not going anywhere. They're not going anywhere. Yeah. So create the space. And I recommend first thing in the morning. If at night works for you, then it works for you. If your lunch break, you actually get enough time to sit for 20 minutes, give yourself that. But I I appreciate, even if you have to get up earlier, earlier than you want to, I, I think coming from the dream world and entering right into the meditation world for me feels quite seamless. Yeah, no, that's great. And I think it's like, it builds a good foundation for the day. It, yes. it builds a great foundation for the day. And then I like to do different things and then go to the gym. And that helps me to just get into a flow state, get into a zone and clear, you know, working out for me is more about mental than physical. Yes. You know, but it's that release of energy and then that clearing space. It's like, it's almost like when you're doing, like what you were saying before, like doing the thing and you're doing the thing, working out, I am working out. I'm listening to Metallica and I'm working out Uh and I'm just like, okay, cool. I'm in the zone and I don't have, there's no space for these thoughts and these loops to to occur. And then combine with meditation and stuff. And creating as many of those opportunities throughout our day as possible. Yeah. Where maybe it's not sitting in silence, but it's creating space where we're practicing being present. So at the gym, like you say, when we're driving, when you're brushing your teeth, try and just brush your teeth. Oh, my gosh. I went to this seminar the other day, and this man was speaking up on stage, and they were saying, how do you optimize your day? And he said, well, I wake up, and I brush my teeth, and I go to the bathroom, and I'm scrolling through the news all at the same time. (laughs) And I about had a heart attack. (laughs) 
Oh, my God. I was like, no, don't teach the people more of this. Uh, I hate that. Those kinds of people, like I'll just call them like the the Tim Ferriss or Dave Asprey type people. Nothing against them, but the type of people. Um, It's like the the hack your lifestyle, optimize your lifestyle, hustle and grind, multitask, like that whole thing. Yes. I think it's making people crazier. It is. It's turning, I think. like it, cause you're trying to mechanize the human spirit and that's just not how we, right. and you the know, heart function. And yeah. We need to slow down. Like the, it's the opposite of my approach. Right. I mean, right. if you're looking to do that kind of thing, don't come to me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, you know, and, and I see that, that need and that desire constantly for people to do more. But if I'm present just in the moment, how am I going to have a future? How am I going to still want to do things in my life and have ambition? And it's, I say, you know, well, haven't you always been quite an ambitious person? And they're like, well, yeah. I'm like, okay, well, that's not going to go away. Right. It's, it's actually going to improve your ability to be in the now, which is all that we have control over anyway. Mm -hmm. This past and futuristic thinking is just busying and it's distracting and it's taking us away from this moment while I'm driving, this moment while I'm sitting in black beauty, having a conversation with you, this moment feeling, and and the way that I find my easiest, the easiest way for me to tap into what's happening in the moment is to use my body. Okay, I feel my hand on my knee. I feel my hand on this microphone. I feel my eyelids blinking closed. I feel the saliva in my mouth as I swallow, right? To using my senses to bring me into the now so that I'm not somewhere else off in my head. Yeah, and it's it's so rewarding to be in the now. Oh, it's the best. It's so, it's so, it's so, it's such a pleasure. It's such a joy. And then when we like, for, for in my case, I'll, I'll forget, I'll get distracted, but I, I'm, I'm fortunate that I've cultivated enough space and awareness that I can go, oh shit, I'm not in the now. Yeah. yeah. Come on back. Yeah, yeah. 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 Bring yourself back. Yeah. And that's what meditation helps with. Mm. I mean, that's why we do it. Yeah. Ultimately. Yeah. It's, it's, it's great. Everyone should do it. Do it. Do it. Should we sing a meditation song? (laughs) Do the meditation work. It'll save your life, you know. (laughs) Oh, especially if you ate 25 tacos and you really need to clear some space. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love it. So I, I uh, recently some listeners uh, were like, yeah, do a do a podcast about like psychedelics and relationships. Mm-hmm. And we already had uh, this on the calendar. I was like, well, it's coming up. <laughs> but I, I guess, I mean, maybe, yeah, like psychedelics and relationships yeah. topic. Go. <laughs> Go. <laughs> um, no. Yeah. I mean, I think that. So, yeah, I mean, I, obviously, I think I think psychedelics are. In my in my view, psychedelics are really really important to be used in a respectful, yes. intentional, ceremonial space with community. Yes. I, I think that for me, and I don't always get to to use them in community, but when I do, it's the most it's the most fulfilling experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, with couples, I think that that's important work too to be mm-hmm. in in venturing in and and going in together. Yes. 
So I'm, I'm currently working with some lawyers to turn Black Beauty into a consumption vehicle mm. so we can actually smoke cannabis in Black Beauty. That would be awesome. And then take you know, use Black Beauty as the platform, ha- open the back doors, be connected with nature, but really have this safe sanctuary connected so easily with plants and with a plant that connects us into our psyches. And so many people think, oh, cannabis isn't a psychedelic. <laughs> really? <laughs> Are you sure about that? It's actually one of the most psychedelic, psychoactive plants that we have. Mm-hmm. And so... In the therapy world of what is legal right now, it's really powerful for us, I believe, to use the medicines that are available so that we can do this work in a way that feels really supportive of creating new neural pathways in people's brains, like I was speaking of earlier, right? so that they can see their mindsets, see their movement, see how they syncopate with one another, and then instantaneously we're able to address what needs to be addressed, right? If somebody says, oh, I get really anxious when I'm smoking marijuana or cannabis, I don't like to use the word marijuana because it has some racial tendencies that I just recently found out about. So cannabis... When we're using cannabis, it, it, it brings what is true and what is alive right to the surface. And that's such a powerful thing for us. So we're not spending the whole weeks and weeks and weeks trying to figure out how to talk about what's really true. It brings the, the meat right to the front. So we're able to dive right Love in. some front meat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah bring bring that meat to the front all right yeah yeah i i had i was thinking about this the other day and when i I was on my hike and i'm just like okay yeah like living in truth living in truth it's just it's it's and and cannabis and other things can help you Mm -hmm. get to that point that Maybe it's, yeah, maybe it's a little cloudier. Maybe the mind is playing, it's, you know, the ego is playing its little trick game. You know, like I, mm-hmm. my ego is, it's like whack-a-mole, you know, like it's like constantly <laughs> popping up and I'm like, ah, I got you. And then it like repeat, appears over here and I'm like, ah, I got yeah. you. But these, these tools, these, these yes. sacred, it's our sacred divine birthright to yes. be, to be in communion and in mm-hmm. harmony with these, with these uh, medicines yes. and these plants, they, these plants that give so much to us and and we give back to them by taking care of them and mm-hmm. and executing their aims for truth right you know like like be as be as nature is be as the plants are i don't th- i haven't met a tree that's that's a liar yes you know i haven't <laughs> right or who worries about what tomorrow's going to bring right yeah right? they're yeah. just fully deeply rooted and that's it mm. yeah <laughs> right yeah yeah i think I mean, I, I've i been involved in the Decriminalized Denver, and I love so deeply work with plant medicines in particular, and I've also seen incredible work done with MDMA and ketamine. I think 
those are also really powerful medicines. And the more that we can just start having these conversations and the more data analysis that we can be doing, the better off we're going to be. I'm going to be working with a company called Unlimited Sciences, and they are doing research on psilocybin so that we can start creating best practices for this. Because in the 60s, when there was the war on drugs, everybody got so afraid and they completely shut down everything that was really important in the research going on because there wasn't enough information. So for me as a therapist, it's one of my goals and one of my deepest pursuits to go in and inform people about what psychedelics are actually able to offer us and allowing for people to be able to choose how they want to heal. We're saying, oh, you're getting, you have an injury, take Vicodin versus you have an injury, put some CBD on your knee that comes from the ground and that is generally non-addictive and that is an anti-inflammatory and will be supportive for you across the board versus potentially get you addicted to one of the most dangerous drugs in the world. Yeah. It's like, hello, what are we doing? Like we're completely missing the point of what the plants are able to provide for us. And not only is cannabis helpful for our bodies, but it also hemp helps build roads and rivers and bridges and so many things yeah it's i amazing. mean it cleans up soil it's one of the most powerful plants in the world and and then not to mention psilocybin which is basically the earth's underground original internet yeah right yeah, yeah. and and so i i'm such an advocate for these plants and also am on the forefront until until they get legal i'm i'm f- pressing them um, and talking about them and being open about them. And I speak on a lot of panels about them and I am mindful about what I share, but I also just am really real. And I think that that's what I have to be. I think so too. And I'm glad that you're that way, Eleanor, because we need that. Yeah. We need, we need disruptors, (laughs) you know, like you have to, that is me. You have to, you have to, if you really fully believe in the power of these medicines and these tools and these practices and and the whole, the whole thing, it's all connected. Yes. It's a way of being, it's a way of life. And when you feel in your heart so passionately about that, it's almost like nothing can, can stop that from coming out and nor would you want it to, because you can help other people. You can save other people. You can offer other people new ways that they may never have been exposed to before. And I think I believe that we have to behave in the same way that the sort of dominator culture behaves in their aggressive marketing and propaganda and promotion of their, you know, drugs and TV and fast food and that kind of stuff. Well, we got to do, we got to do the same. We have to match it with, with the same energy to, yeah. to, to get those, you know, little, seeds to sprout yes in people's hearts right yeah yeah you know i so keep doing that thank you i must yeah it's a it's a must it's really it's a choice but so almost doesn't feel like one (laughs) you feel something in your soul is compelled to put you on this path yes yeah 
Have you always felt that way? No. Mm -mm. Really, it was that time that I spoke of earlier when I took mushrooms and the mushroom spoke to me through my knee. Okay. That was one of the most powerful experiences I ever had with psychedelics. And I thought, wow, these mushrooms are allowing for our body to to communicate directly to us. Yeah. What a gift is that? Such a gift, yeah. And all we need is to be more connected to our bodies, which already have all the answers, which then will connect us back to our community, which then will connect us back to our earth, which then will connect us back to each other, which is... There it goes, the domino effect, yeah. Right, it's just this circle. And I don't think that I can heal people or that I can fix people. I think I can give people tools so that they can know how to work with themselves and heal themselves. Great. And that feels really important. Yeah. Because the minute that people count on me as if I can heal them, then I've completely missed the mark. Mm. Right? This so much of this work specifically with plant medicines are based around healing of the inner work. And so we know that we can heal ourselves and that we have the tools. We just need to refine them or we need to be shown them again because we actually already know all of it. We've just forgotten over time. Our souls are at an evolution at this time that we're just not quite awake to the possibility i believe in large part because we've taken so many of our natural foods natural plants the herbs away from from the diet yeah from from the healing from i mean i i got a message from spirit not long ago i have a strong connection with spirit and i said okay so this mushroom work like am i really doing this (laughs) And uh, Spirit said, yes, yes, you are fully. And if you are going to really do this, you need to go back to school and get your PhD. And you you need to study everything that there is for you to know. Wow. So that that set you on on the course. Yeah, well, you went in a way, you kind of, you went and you got your mission from the mushroom. I did. And the mushroom, and, and the way that I like to think about it is like when we're, taking mushrooms or ayahuasca or cannabis or whatever it is that there's the, the that communication that's going on yep. where it's like, you know, reporting for duty, mission impossible, you know, <laughs> this mission will self-destruct. Are you ready to accept? And you're like, yeah, I'll accept because, because that's what nature wants. Nature yeah. wants us to join it. Her. And yes, her, <laughs> uh, nature wants us to be a part of her and like, to be the things that that we are, yes. In and as being a part of it, like right. her, and and to uh-huh. <laughs> to notice the difference energetically when you say a part of it versus a part of her. Uh, mm, I don't know. I think I I I I think I could. Yeah, maybe. I think I'm, I call it it because I'm talking about everything, mm-hmm. and and I and like space the cosmos like mm. every single aspect of mm. for nature versus the earth or something. Well, yeah, right yeah yeah like yeah, okay. yeah exactly Got like it. so like and and the kind of point that i'm getting at is like that um when we're taking uh these medicines that they are kind of sending us on a mission if we're ready to receive 
that signal. Mm -hmm. So, and our ways of doing it as being a part of the system, uh, that it's like through voice, through speech, through practices, through the power of the mind to manifest things into three-dimensional reality. So it's like bringing that into it because nature and Mother Earth loves diversity and novelty, biodiversity and and all that. So, yeah, that's really, really cool. Mm. That's cool that you... Yeah, you got that mission and that you're and you're sticking to it. Yeah. Cuz it's like we need you, yeah. you know? Like Yeah. It's important for me to be a spokesperson on this. Yeah. It's really important that I stand up and say, "Look, I've I've seen how working with different medicines have awoken people to abusive relationships, to patterns within themselves that are disruptive to really becoming alive to what our soul's calling really is. And I think that's the whole point. Mm -hmm. That's why we're here. The reason we're so depressed and living in anxiety is because we're disconnected from our soul, our soul's work. And I choose to be a therapist who goes there. Yeah. Is and it, it can feel freaking scary. I was literally, you just read my mind. I was just about to say, is there <laughs> anything that you're scared of in this work? For fucking yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. You know, I we're not even supposed to technically talk about what to do for preparation work. We're not even supposed to speak to what preparation might look like because it may potentially cause harm to a client. Mm. And then I could technically have a duty to report as a mandated reporter. Right. But to me, that those ethics are completely misaligned with my gut truth, with what I believe to be helpful and healing. And so... I take risks. I think that's that's you're you're awesome because that's that's so great because you have to. You're you're acting in yeah. accordance with nature. You're yeah. listening to your gut. You're right. you're being you're 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 being a part of the whole dance. Right. And if we, I shut that down, these, these blanket rules and regulations, right? Yes. And if I shut that down, it, I would be I would make myself sick. And I think that's what a lot of us do. Yeah. Disease. Yes. Yeah. Conflict. Yes. Tension. Not listening to what is being asked of us. Yeah. And so I feel protected. And I'm doing things in a way that feel really good. So I'm not putting myself in any harm's way. Yeah. Which feels really important to me. It feel I'm living in integrity. Yeah, I mean you're you're here. Yeah. <laughs> you're present. You're in tune. Exactly. So when as much you're, as I can be. Well, yeah. When you're acting from that space, right? Outside observers might say, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa! What's going on here?" It's like, "Hey, I'm I'm working with these people, and I'm getting a kind of resonance or a vibration, and I'm getting a feeling that's going, and that we're gonna we're gonna flow with that. We're gonna navigate mm-hmm. with that. Mm-hmm. And if I don't sit with people in the psychedelic experience, I'm so grateful to be on the integration side because I think that's the most important side anyway. Yeah. Do you know, I can say, okay, 
this is people are saying, I really want to start microdosing with mushrooms. And I can say, wonderful. <laughs> I'm in full support of that. What do you know about it? Let's do some convers. Let's have some conversation about it. And how might you do it? And are you taking any medication? Sort of asking some of those important questions. And then they say, okay, I think we're going to try it. And I say, great, we'll talk about it next week for integration. And it's, it's so incredible. It's like one of the best ways for, for me to be able to be part of the process. So it's not just something else that happened, but allows for it to really not just to see the new neural pathway, but to start using that pathway mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. that that muscle starts getting stronger. For example, someone who is really bad with names. Let's use that example. I hear that all the time. Oh, I'm so bad with names. So a simple thing might be, okay, so do you want to be bad with names? Well, no. Okay, great. So perhaps you want to ask for the medicine to help you remember names. So instead of every time you think, oh, I'm so bad with names, just think, I'm learning to remember names. I'm remembering names. And then you say people's names over and over and over and just start creating a new neural pathway of something that you're really desiring. That's a super simple one, but you can do that with anything. It's really, yeah. really helpful. Yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> this has been a great conversation. Very great. Yeah. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. Is there, hmm, is there, yeah, you, oh, you mentioned you're a mandatory reporter. And I remember I saw that you're on, you're on MAPS website, the mm -hmm. Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you have, which they're actually getting rid of that website. Actually. Oh, they are. Oh, okay. Unfortunately. Mm. So I'm actually trying to figure out what to do about that. Trying to figure out if I can take that database and put it into something else because okay. it's a really important tool Yeah, that people can say, oh, I want to have an integration therapist. I can look on the MAPS website and see somebody and so and they're now getting rid of it. So it's, Why are they getting rid of it? I don't know. It's like s some bureaucratic reasons. Yeah, probably. Yeah. They were very unclear in their email as to why. So, yeah, I'm bummed. Really, really quite heartbreaking mm. if you ask me. Um, but it's really important that we have good integration therapist. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What totally. were you saying, though? Oh, uh, no, I was just, um, like, how do most people get in touch with you? Mm. So MAPS was a huge one, which is another reason why it's a bummer. Right. I'm also on the psychedelic.support website, so that's really great. I have an account with Psychology Today. Oh, great. And that's a great one. And word of mouth, hugely powerful. And I've been running a lot of, running a couple of retreats lately and these integration groups that I run, lots of people hear about me that way. And I do lots of, I love public speaking and doing this kind of interaction. So I have lots of events like this where people just get my information and then call me down the line. Yeah. I also work for, uh, work with a 
CBD company in town. Oh, which one? Um, they're called New Leaf Naturals. Oh, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're an incredible company, and they've hired me to come in and work with each team in the company and teach them about conversation and you bringing the method into the workplace so that they're able to find themselves grounded, basic, basic, basic work here now. I'm feeling distracted. I'm off in my head. I don't know how to get off the phone with this customer. I don't know how to have this conversation, giving my boss feedback about what's not working. And I don't want them to take it personally. I, I don't know how to ask for a raise, you know, all kinds of different things mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. I will be holding workshops for them starting in the new year. And then I'm also working with somebody else, um, a new business partner of mine um, named Touch Couple. She's amazing. And we are going to be, she's going to be running these retreats with me. And then we're also talking about what a company that she had called We Mindful, bringing mindfulness into organizations and giving them to each person in the organization, basic, basic techniques where we interview all different kinds of people, acupuncturists, chiropractors, uh, holistic doctors, all kinds of different things and saying, what are some basic things that people can do, make a video for them, and then we'll send it to them as a package of wellness so that people in the business world who are not in the woo-woo place of spirituality, who don't have access to how meditation may be really important to them, can still start to gain some of the benefits of this incredibly powerful work. Oh, that's wonderful. I was just talking about this the other day. I was talking about how, like, I was like, how do we get into other people's like reality tunnels. It's really important that don't because you you're certain people just never be exposed to right. some of the things that we're fortunate enough to be exposed to for whatever reason. It's just not in their world. Right. So maybe getting that in their world and giving them a little taste. Yeah. That's the goal. Awesome. So yeah, lots cooking and but it sounds like you got a lot going on, but it's like, it's nourishing for you, it sounds, right? Completely. Yeah, because you're, yeah. Oh my gosh, I wake up every day feeling so grateful. Wow, this is my life. I'm able to study what I want and love the people in my world and support myself and my community financially and emotionally and spiritually. I mean, it just, I feel... Like I'm finally really starting to catch a rhythm and it's taken really about a year and a half. It's really taken till now that I'm really starting to find the flow in that. Nice. I'm really happy about that. Yeah. Awesome. And it's taken work, you know, it's hasn't been the <gasps> I think that's the whole thing, right? The drop of a hat, but yeah. But I like the work. It doesn't work doesn't always have to be hard, you know? Right. If you love the work that you're doing, then the work that you're doing will love you. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, this has been so beautiful. You're a wonderful interviewer. Oh, cool. <laughs> I had Thanks. Such a fun time connecting awesome. with you today. Yeah, it's been it's been great. What's the I sometimes I do this on the on the podcast and uh -huh. I, I feel like I, I want to do it for you. Maybe we touched on some of these things, but it's always good to hear again. You mentioned that you like to do public speaking and you do a lot of it and yes. we're speaking right now. And like sometimes I ask people like, okay, what's like your grand vision for the future? Like what would mm -hmm. like your ideal world look like if you could, you know, create it or whatever, uh, in, in a, in a, in a way. And, and the other question is like, you're say you're like, you have like, f you know, two minutes or three minutes on every television station in the world. And you have like one <laughs> message to get out. Like, what are you going to wow. get out? Yeah. We save the big ones for the end. Sometimes I start the podcast with that and then we see where it goes from there. But yeah. What do you think? 
Let me drop into that for a moment. I would love to be, I'm going to speak it in the present tense. See how that feels to speak it into truth. I am speaking a lot in large groups so that the message that I have to share can really be heard across people who are of great influence. So I want to work with people who are at the top of their companies I am working with people who are at the top of their companies and who have a ripple effect. So when I work with them, they then, within the entire organization, have a whole series of effects and contact and love and connection with mind, body, movement, nature, self, soul, spirit, depth within every person that they're coming into contact with, which then has a ripple effect down the entire community. And I want our work to be nature-based. Our, nature, our work is nature-based. And I'm able to work 10 hours a week. I work 10 hours a week. <laughs> That's great. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> That's an interesting practice to say it in the present tense. I know. Yeah. Right? That is. Yeah. But thanks thanks for doing it and, and getting back to it. <laughs> yeah. But that's good. That's a good practice for all you folks listening out there, too. Say it in the present tense. Birth yeah. it into being. Birth it into being. Manifest it into modernity. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Got any Speak other? Speak it into reality. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Cool. Uh Website again, contact info, social media, stuff like that. The Macaranda Method.com. T H E M A K A R A N D A Method M E T H O D dot com. Dot C O M. <laughs> and yeah, that's my Instagram handle and my Facebook and all of the things. And it's just Eleanor at the Macaranda Method.com. And that's E-L-E-A-N-O-R. Thank you. And this is M-I-K-E-A-D-E-L-I-C-P-O-D-C-A-S-T signing off. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Eleanor, for being here. This was awesome. Guys, go go just do everything with Eleanor. She's great (laughs) and uh, wonderful. And if you're in Denver, you have to. You have to, because this van, just an opportunity to sit in the van and, and hang out in here. It's just really, really cool. Mm. Uh, so maybe I'll, I'll throw some photos of that uh, when I get my social media accounts back up. But thank you for listening. You know who I am and what I do. Share it, and thank you. Bye. Yay. That was great. That was super great.